Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, Ask Dave. Letters that you have written, asking questions, advice, and opinions. This is the first time that I've done this, and if it's popular, I'll do it more often. You can just send me stuff. Got a few things sitting here in front of me for the first episode of Ask Dave. And the first letter comes from Irvan Andel, who is a longtime listener and frequent correspondent. Hi, Dave. He says, something I've wanted to ask for a long time. Why are you doing all this? This podcasting and patio book works obviously takes a lot of time and your listeners like it a lot, at least I do, but you probably don't earn anything with it and you might even have to pay a little for distribution, so why? Do you have fun doing it? Do you think these viewpoints should be heard? Do you think there's not enough voices of reason? All of the above? Oh yeah, I'd say all of the above. But my primary reason for doing this is probably not what you would think. I often get involved in these kinds of things because I want to understand the technology. When I first put up DaveHit.com back in 1999, three standard internet eternities ago, I wanted to learn about web design and how to put a web page together, and I also wanted to learn Photoshop. If you go to DaveHit.com and you go to the Hitman Chronicle, which was the original site there, and look at some of the earlier articles and look at the graphics, and they are really, you know, pretty bad. And then as I got better, you can see that as you go through more recent articles. So I set it up because I wanted to learn how to set up a website, what's involved in doing it what's involved in keeping it running and building traffic and search engine optimization and all that kind of stuff. You can read about this stuff all day long, but until you actually sit down and do it, actually physically do it, you really don't know it and you really don't understand it. The same with podcasting. I was interested in podcasting. I liked the idea of it. I found some podcasts that I liked and thought, you know, I could do that. And one of the reasons for doing it, one of the primary reasons for doing it, was to learn digital audio technology. I had very little experience with mixing up things in a radio studio a long, long time ago on tape, but I wanted to learn digital audio. And the best way to do that was to commit to producing some of it on a regular basis. And again, if you go and listen to the very first couple Quick Hits podcasts, and then you listen to the recent ones, you're going to find a huge difference in the audio quality. You can hear me learning as I moved along. And then, of course, the other thing is, yes, it's fun doing it. I generally stop doing things when they stop being fun. That's one of the reasons that this podcast only comes out maybe twice a month. My supposed commitment is the 1st and the 15th, and I've even gotten away from that. I make sure I give you one a month, but making it something that I had to do every week on a specific schedule, I would have taken the fun out of it, so I don't do it. 
as far as it costing me to distribute this, I actually make a very tiny profit. I uh, make a few bucks from Google AdWords and little text ads that you see on the bottom of pages on the website, but not a lot, but it's enough to cover the expenses and to make a few dollars a year. Do you think these viewpoints should be heard? Sure I do. Everybody thinks their viewpoints should be heard, and I'm certainly no different from anybody else. Do you think there are not enough voices of reason? I don't think there can ever be enough voices of reason, especially when you have the voices of idiots speaking louder and getting a wider audience than voices of reason. So yes, to all of those, but again, the real reason is I wanted to learn the tech. I wanted to learn how this stuff works. I've got a message here from Peter Ingersoll, which is not really an Ask Dave question, but I think it uh, deserves some attention. He writes, this is referring to the last podcast about media bias. There's a difference between biased reporting and lying. News is reporting, and yes, there is bias. But the facts have to be checked. If a news organization isn't reporting the actual news, then they are not a legitimate news organization. Yep, some of it's bias, but some of it is untrue, provable by the facts, stripped of bias. I was disappointed that in your latest podcast, there was no mention of truth and fabrication in biased reporting. Hopefully you, too, are open to smartenization. It's a good point, Peter, but the problem is determining the difference between an intentional lie an honest mistake, and just lazy, sloppy reporting. The most legitimate news organization in the world is going to make mistakes, and they come out and usually, when they're caught at it, say, oh, gee, we made a mistake, we apologize, and move on. How do you know if that mistake was intentional or not? Let me give you two examples, one on the left and one on the right. During the presidential primaries, on two separate occasions, Fox, in reporting on who got how many votes, left Ron Paul off the list. He would have been about in the middle of the list with like 5 or 6%. Was that intentional or an accident? I tend to think it was intentional, but I can't be sure. I don't know, and I can't prove it. MSNBC did the exact same thing with Dennis Kucinich. So how do you know... What's a lie? What's a mistake? And what's sloppy journalism? Because there's a lot of that around too, especially when you're reading about surveys and scientific studies. The journalists just spit out whatever they were handed as a press release. They make no effort to check the veracity of it. They make no effort to see if what's being promoted here or claimed is even reasonable. And that's just sloppiness. I don't think that it's lying, although what they're telling you isn't true. It's just laziness on their part. So, Peter, if you have any idea, and I'm serious here, on how to distinguish between an intentional lie and an honest mistake and sloppiness and laziness, I'd love to hear it. But if someone admits to making a mistake, it's just about impossible to say with any high degree of certainty whether it was really a lie put there on purpose or not. Don Venardos, another longtime listener and frequent emailer, writes, Dear Dave, 
How could any person living in the modern world believe that the Earth was created 6,000 years ago? One cool thing that smartenized people inadvertently do fairly often is actually have the answer buried within the question that they ask. How could any person living in the modern world believe that the Earth was created 6,000 years ago? And the answer is right there. They are not living in the modern world. Now, you can actually see that when you're dealing with countries that are largely fundamentalist. Uh, they're literally not living in the modern world. You know, they're living in rocks and caves. They're living in tar paper shacks. They're living in poverty. They're living in bad situations. And this applies both to Muslims and Christians and uh, Hindus and all kinds of other folks. It doesn't really matter what the belief is. But a lot of these people are not living in the modern world because of poverty which in many cases is induced by the religion and, and religious practices. But here in the United States, how can someone who's living a comfortable middle-class lifestyle or better honestly believe that the earth was created 6,000 years ago? It's simple. They're not living in the modern world either. Instead, they're living in their own little world. If you could spend just a few minutes inside their head, you wouldn't even recognize the world that they live in. And I can say this with some authority because I spent the first 20 years of my life in that world. It's a world where demons and spirits are real and they're out to get you. It's a world where if anything good happens, it's a miracle from God. And if anything bad happens, it was done by Satan. Or maybe one of his demons. He's got a whole lot of them. And while these folks live with the trappings of the modern world, up-to-date houses, cell phones, cable TV, HD LCDs, computers, high-speed internet access, modern vehicles, airplanes, skyscrapers, all these things are part of the modern world, all created by science, not a single one of them created by religion, but still surrounded by these things. They live in this dark world of spooks and spirits and ghostly beings. And to them, it's very, very real. To the point where if you dare suggest that it's not, you may be in for an argument, or you may be in for an ass-whipping, because these people are serious about it. Hope that answers your question. And finally, Mike Tai, who runs the website thecheapstudent.com, asks, what's some good parenting advice? My wife's about due with our first. Well, congratulations. Uh, the first thing I recommend is that you cancel all your appointments for the next 18 months. And I would also recommend that you take lots and lots and lots of pictures. Take pictures of your kid when they're first born. Take pictures of them all the time. Take lots of pictures. Digital is cheap. It's free, essentially. And then, when you've taken all of those pictures, keep them to yourself. Because... Nobody really wants to look at pictures of babies. Not yours, not mine, 
not anybody's. You want to look at them. Their grandparents want to look at them. Maybe a few friends want to look at them. But don't go plastering them all over Facebook or Twitter links to a Flickr account to say, oh, look at my cute kid. Hey, your kid is going to be cute. All babies are cute. It's a defense mechanism so that you don't kill them. And they'll stay cute right up until they hit about adolescence. And then that's pretty much when they start getting ugly. So take pictures all the way up till then. Take lots of pictures because later on you'll want to scrapbook them or frame them or have them. But don't bother everybody with them. Because the sad truth is most people just don't care. Or, or just do it once if you have to. Or maybe once a year. As far as other parenting advice, well, you know, that's something that you could do. There are people that do podcasts on that every week. You could do one every day. You have probably gone out already and bought lots of books about raising kids and read lots of advice, and a lot of it will be contradictory. The fact of the matter is there's about 1,200 different ways to raise a kid, and only about 10 or 11 of them are wrong. So trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Know that your kids are going to bring out the very best in you and, at times, the very worst in you. That's life. That's what happens. And just enjoy them. Play with them a lot. Dance with them. Color with them. This is a chance for you to play with toys without feeling stupid. This is a chance for you to watch Sesame Street and catch all the little jokes that they put in for adults, little things that no kid is ever going to get. The cliche, they grow up so fast, is true. And nothing will make you more aware of the passage of time than seeing how rapidly your kid grows and how often you have to shell out for new clothes and new shoes. Just enjoy them. Have a good time. The hardest part of being a parent is letting your kid take risks and do things where they might hurt themselves. Unless you're a helicopter parent, that watches over every little thing that they do, you got to let them go out there. You got to let them take chances. You got to let them play in the dirt and skin their knees and risk hurting themselves. And they will hurt themselves from time to time. And it's a really hard thing to deal with as a parent. Oh, and when they start walking, when they start moving around and get to that stage where they're going to be hurting themselves and you're going to have cuts and scrapes and bruised knees, Go out and buy a huge stack of red washcloths. And you want them red so that when they come in and they've got a bloody elbow, you can wash that off and it doesn't ruin the washcloth. And more importantly, they don't see the blood on it and it doesn't freak them out as much. But let them go out there. Let them take chances. Let them get dirty. When a kid comes in filthy from head to toe, that's a good thing. Don't yell at them for that. Just hug them. If they're really dirty, you don't have to hug them too hard. And clean them up, because that's your job. But let them go out there. Let them take the risks. I did write back and say, well, do you have anything more specific? And he said, is it awesome to name your kid Thor? Discuss. Well... That calls to mind a story that I don't believe I've told on here before, but this is an absolutely true story about the one person in my life who I knew who was named Thor. 
It was back in the 80s, and I was working for a company called Enable Software. We sold our software directly to corporations and to the government, but we also sold a lot through stores. And this was well before the big chains. People would have one store, sometimes two, maybe even three, and we'd sell our software to them for them to sell to their customers. I worked in an office with five other people, and phone calls came in randomly. We'd get a call, and if it wasn't in our territory, we would transfer it to whoever was the appropriate rep. One of our dealers was a guy named Thor, and he wasn't in my territory. He was in the territory of a woman named Carolyn. Thor was incredibly, hugely effeminate. He never introduced himself by saying, hello, this is Thor. Instead, every time, he always said, hi, I'm Thor. And it took every bit of professionalism that I could muster not to reply, you're Thor. I'm so Thor, I can hardly sit. And it took a little extra effort on top of that not to laugh out loud. And for some reason, it always seemed that Thor's call came to me. And he called at least once a week. And I would get the call. Hi, I'm Thor. And every time he did it, it got funnier. I got to the point where I really couldn't suppress the laughter that well. And I'd get the call. Hi, I'm Thor. And I would just immediately transfer it to Carolyn and I'd start laughing and she'd say, Thor, right? Yeah, she'd pick it up and deal with him. So, yes, if you want to name your kid Thor, that could be an awesome name. But, unless he's going to be a manly kind of guy, then maybe not so much. And also, one other problem you might run into, when he gets a little older, if he takes the name too seriously, he may decide that the best way to live up to it is to get hammered. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations. You've been smartenized. Want to get your questions on the next episode of Ask Dave? It's real easy. Just send me an email. Put Ask Dave up in the subject because that just makes it easier for me to sort them and find them later. The email address is hitman at davehit.com. It's spelled with two T's on either side of a little A with a circle on it. But if you go to davehit.com, you'll find all kinds of sites and subsites, and my email address is all over them, so it's easy to get that correct. And I also always put it in the MP3 tags of this file. I got to give the mandatory plug for Blood Witness. Blood Witness is still going strong, still getting a lot of downloads, a lot of people are listening to it. I haven't been doing any promotion except mentioning it here in this podcast, but uh, folks are loving it. It's It's been going real wild, even if you don't like vampire novels. A lot of folks have written in to say, well, you know, I'm not really that much into vampire novels, but I like the podcast or I like your website, so I tried it out and I really got into it. I really liked it. So give it a shot. 
it's free. And you're going to find that it's different from most vampire novels because it'll give you not just a vampire story, but also a real feel for what it's like to live and grow up in a cult. If you haven't signed up for the Smartenizer yet, that's a little newsletter that I put out yeah, about once a month or so. Again, like most things, I kind of do it when I get around to it. It's free, and I should put up a separate page for that on the front page of DaveHit.com, but until I get to doing that, you go to the Quick Hits blog, and it's a tab there where you can just sign up, and you just get this little newsletter, and it's got little smartenizing stuff in it from time to time. That's really about it for this episode, so the only thing that remains is for me to remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is little more than a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.